We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Couple minutes after 11 here on the fan, Evan Roberts till one this afternoon. JR Sport Brief coming up then. We'll get to the baseball a little bit later. I guess we'll get to the football. The Jets are going to try to do something that they haven't done in six years win a game against the Patriots, not get blown out by the New England Patriots. And the Giants are going to try to save their season yet again against the Carolina Panthers. So, all that exciting stuff still to come. But the one good thing going on is that New York basketball looks pretty good. And we're joined by CP, the franchise of Nick Fan TV. Yeah. I did watch you last night, CP, even after a win. <laughs> usually I only check it after a loss. But I did watch you last night. As always, you did a great job. Good to talk to you, man. How you doing? Evan, happy Saturday. Thank you very much. We had a great show. Great show yesterday after the Knicks uh, blew out the, the, the Magic 121-96. to And uh, I'm not sure if you were able to catch the back pages this morning. I know you're not a newspaper guy. But, but I'm old school. I checked the post. I checked the news. I checked the news day. And not even a 12-point come-from-behind victory could get the Nets more than a sliver of the back page well, because it's all about the orange and blue know, right now. We don't know how many times the Knicks are going to have wins this year, <laughs> so it needs to be celebrated when it occurs. Like, I, I, I get it. Look, the one thing we're going to agree on, yeah. the one thing that we are simpatico on, is that Mark Malusis embarrassed himself Ooh, yeah. by leaving yeah. the Knicks home opener early. You and I were both yeah. there. Yeah. We stayed till the bitter end. You had a great time. Yeah. Me, not quite as much. That guy's leaving in the third quarter, and that's not acceptable. 
Uh, listen, I, I had to let Malusis have it. I had to let him have it. How, how do you leave celebrity row seats? People would kill for those seats. And Malusis took it for granted and leaves after a double overtime epic opening night victory. But I got to ask you something. Because I yeah. saw I saw you walking in the back door. You, you were trying to go unnoticed. I, I did spot you going through the back door. You have to admit, you know, we're friends now. Were you a little bit envious of the energy and the electricity in Madison Square Garden? Just a little oh, bit. God. Just a little bit. Here we, here we go again with this. <laughs> <sighs> I have been at the Clays, because that's what we call it now, oh, because our leader, our leader calls it the Clays. You know, one of the greatest 75 players of all time, he calls it the Clays. <sighs> we have great energy in the Clays. Now, I will never lie to you. The energy at Madison Square Garden is matched by very few venues in sports. So... I acknowledge the great energy your building has, but what you need to acknowledge is that we are building that great energy brick by brick at the Clays. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Hey. And if you have you been to the Clays for a non Knicks Nets game? Um, probably a couple years ago. I don't even remember. You know that they're, yeah. they're not really memorable times. You know they don't they don't really stick out as much. They they, they just really don't. I may have to take you to a non-Knicks Nets game at the Clays, and then you can be a fair judge. Because, look, when you go to both places, and, and it's the truth, because I do see a lot of the back and forth, like Knicks fans like to bring that up about the Nets. And what I always say is, if you haven't been there in a few years, you don't know what it's like. It actually has, in all seriousness, grown in energy that it didn't have years prior. There was a time in which postseason games at Barclays Center was embarrassing. Like, I'd be the first yeah. to tell you, the series against Miami – a few years ago, it was embarrassing. The series against Atlanta, it was embarrassing. The Toronto, like I remember the place being half empty when the game started. There not being any energy in the building. So, dude, I'm the first one to acknowledge that. But it has grown to be a more energetic building. So when you get to experience both, <laughs> then you'll have a fair view on how to compare the Nick energy and the net energy. Energy. Well, well, you know what? We're, we're looking to do a group event at the Barclays for Knicks and Nets. So, I'll, you know, I'll have a chance to test it out. Well, we'll see how it goes. And that might not be the day because, you know, we'll probably take over. But, uh, you know, at least I'll, I'll get to see a little bit of the other Barclays magic. We'll see what's going on over there. I, have to, I may have to make a phone call. We can't let that happen. <laughs> I, had, I, I heard what it was like in Orlando last Oof. night, which is, I, I have to admit, it's pretty cool when you're taking over the home opener of the Orlando Magic game, and it's basically half Nick fans down there. Oh, man, we, we were deep in MSG South, man. I had so many fans sending me footage from the game. Uh, it, it's just great, man. It's a, it's a community of fans. I had a guy call in from the show last night, drove up from Miami four hours just to check the game. It's great, man. It's, a, the, the, it's at a fever pitch the enthusiasm for this for this team right now all right before we get into some of the things from last night some yeah. of the things for this season i am curious because i've thought about this and I, I don't know what the right answer is and i remember when we talked last year yeah. you were steadfast very consistent mm-hmm. about you're looking for growth if they didn't yeah. make the playoffs it wasn't going to be a disaster the bar was very low and obviously you guys eclipsed it by a lot made the postseason had home court advantage in the first round all that where are the expectations for you personally on what would make this a successful yeah. season? Personally, for me, it's, it's got to be a first-round victory. You know, the, the, the loss to the Hawks uh, put a, such a sour taste in our mouths. You know, it, it just it, – listen, again, we, we 
completed last season on house money. It was great to make it, great to be the fourth seed and, and get uh, the home court advantage. But to lose in that way to the Hawks, it was very disappointing. So for me, I want to see them get back above the play-in. You know, anywhere between three and six would, would be ideal for me. And, and hopefully, you know, squeak out a first-round victory. To me, that would be the sign of a successful season and a continued growth from, uh, from last year. What's crazy, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but the East is so much better that you guys could literally go out and win 48 games, which would be really good, really impressive, and have to be in that plan. Like, I think the East is good enough where your record could be a number that makes you feel pretty good, but then you're forced to be in the play-in tournament and then ultimately having to play either my team or the Bucks in the first round. So. That's what's kind of weird looking at the East and the expectations going into the season, that if you're in a situation like that, then yeah, winning in the first round may not be the most realistic thing in the world, despite having what could be a really good regular season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and I said on my show the other night after the win over the Celtics, I said, look, it's it's only opening night, but when you factor in tiebreakers, this game could, you know, factor into playoff seeding down the road. So you can't take those games for granted. You look at the Celtics, who we're going to be neck and neck with. Uh, Raptors had a convincing win over the Celtics last night. Who knows where they end up? We got a big game against Chicago in Chicago on Thursday. You look at the Pacers. Uh, Hornets have been impressive under under, uh, LaMelo Ball. So there's a lot of parity in the East after the top two you know the Bucks and and that team in New Jersey then you have the rest of the pack we'll see what happens with Philly and the whole Simmons saga but you know again there's a lot of parity in the east so Knicks are going to have to stay on top of things I have them pegged in around 46 wins and we'll we'll see where that gets us in the east I think that's very fair I think that's a very realistic and fair expectation for this team all right uh, we saw it in the preseason that this team was going to jack up a lot more threes and it's funny because last year you guys were one of the most efficient teams yeah. shooting the three last year. You just didn't do it a lot, and obviously that's changed over the first two games, especially last night with all the records going down. What's your view on kind of that continuing and being sustainable and yeah. that being part of the new offensive repertoire of this Nick team moving forward? I think this is a sign of our coach evolving. You know, I, I, when I had Jamal Crawford on the show, when he when he signed with the Nets and went into the bubble, then I was asking him about Thibodeau and the knocks about Tibbs, you know, refusal to adapt, quote-unquote, offensively. And J.C. said, look, he's going to play to his strengths and, and, you know, how that roster looks. And this year, what Tibbs said is that we wanted the horses. We wanted the playmakers and the shot creators. They went out and got Fournier. They got Kemba. Tibbs also said they, they want to shoot uh, more threes at a higher volume. Derrick Rose said around 37 to 40. And, and they're doing just that. 93s in the first two games. They break the franchise record in three-point attempts with 54 last night. Break the franchise record with three-point makes with 24 last night. And the thing what I saw on the film was that, you know, these are quality threes. They're moving the ball very well. They're moving themselves off the ball very well. So they're not just, you know, chucking just for the sake of taking them. I think they're taking quality threes within the flow of the offense. And and again, we have the horses to do that. When you look at Kemba, Fournier, R.J. Barrett, it's been shooting a three at about a 40% clip. You have Derrick Rose. You have uh, 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 Alec Burks quickly. Julius Randle, even Obi Toppin. So, you know, Tom Thibodeau is, is using the personnel to the best of their ability. And I think this is a real thing. We're going we're gonna to see more of this throughout the season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, one thing that's also been encouraging is Obi Toppin. I yeah. mean, I think defensively he looks better. Clearly Thibodeau has more confidence now playing both him and Randall on the floor at the same time, which is which is necessary because yeah. if they can't share the floor at the same time, then how the heck is Obi Toppin going to play 20, 25 minutes a night? It's not going to happen. So how about what we've seen in the early going, certainly a lot of it on opening night with the double overtimes and even last night of Julius and Obi Toppin coexisting yeah. and actually looking good on the floor at the same time. They've looked great, and that was the biggest question mark, at least for me, uh, when I when I thought about the drafting of Obi Toppin and how exactly he fit here. I said, look, if these guys can't share the court together, then you know we're going to limit him to what twelve minutes a night. You wasted a pick on him, but give credit to the kid; he's put in the work day in and day out. You know, he's really been on an upward trend since the playoffs followed by Summer League, followed by preseason and on. And and Tom Thibodeau raved about that two-man lineup last night because, again, he's looking at the trends of the league and he's looking at teams that, you know, can, can space you out with four guys, even five guys on the court all at one time. The key thing with Obi that's also keeping him on the court is that his rebounding and his defense has, has been a plus. You know, his defense was really a knock on him coming out of Dayton, but his defense has really been on point. He finished the preseason finale with three block shots, had a couple more in the uh, in the season opener against the Celtics, and last last night he was solid, man. So with, with no Nerlens Noel, with no Todd Gibson, Obi's been really giving us a lift in the front court. His confidence is on a whole nother level, so I have to give credit to him and uh, and his coaches and and development staff as well. No doubt. We're talking to CP, the franchise, the Knicks are 2-0. I think it's only the second time they've been 2-0 to start yeah. a year in yeah. the last 20 years, which is incredible. <laughs> the 2013 season, which that one was amazing. The yeah. 6-0 start, the 18-5 start. Jason Kidd's running your point. It made me sick the entire oh, yeah. season oh, having yeah. to watch that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a start. They certainly have a great chance to go 3-0 with the Magic finishing the home-and-home home, uh, on Sunday night. Um so far with Kemba, mm-hmm. all right, and look, he had the messy turnovers at the end of regulation on opening night. It doesn't feel like he has that same explosiveness. Yeah. 
How do you feel about Kemba right now, two games in? Yeah, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. You know, opening night, the decision-making wasn't there to close the game. And, you know, you could argue that's what, you know, put this game, put that game into overtime and even double overtime where you had to have Derrick Rose come in and close it. Now, against the Magic, I thought he set a good tone. He set the tone with about three three-pointers. So he got us involved offensively. And you're right, you haven't really seen that explosiveness where Kemba's able to, you know, really get downhill and, and attack the basket. And, and that hasn't really been there. So it's going to be worth watching how he gels with this starting lineup but at the end of the day our workhorse is is Julius Randle and I think Kemba's primary job is to you know keep the offensive flowing keep the ball moving and be able to play off of Julius so that's really what I want to see Kemba do as he you know gets acclimated into the starting lineup and then at the same time just be a guy that the defense has to respect and has to honor you know be that anti-Alfred Payton where when you're coming downhill off of a pick and roll you're going to force a defensive rotations then you're able to spray it out You, you, you might find RJ or Fournier in the corner for wide open threes just be that facilitating point guard for us and let Julius you know be that guy that's going to take us home I want you to be honest with me about this because I know as a as a sports fan of my teams I find myself being very negative in the midst of games because I've seen so much bad I mean from most of the teams I root for when you guys blow that lead on opening night and Marcus Smart is open in the corner drills a three and you hear that eerie kind of silence at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Maybe you heard me clapping from a few seconds over. I don't know. Did you think they were going to win that game? Take me through your mind as that meltdown occurs, and now you're sitting there at the Garden a couple of minutes before yeah. that first overtime begins. You know what? It, it's uh, You're right, man. When, when you see that, you're like, here we go again. You know, cardiac Knicks finding ways to lose. Jalen Brown hitting three-pointers from the logo. I mean, he was absolutely electric that night. But, you know, once it went into double OT and my guy Derrick Rose came into the game, I was pretty confident that, that we, we could have beaten that team. I thought we, we let the game slip away, and ultimately, in the end, I mean, Fournier was absolutely electric in the clutch, Evan. 17 points in the clutch, 5 of 8 from downtown. I hit him up the next day after the game. I said, man, you know, MSG was was on fire. And he said, listen, I've been in the league 10 years. I, I never felt anything like it. So, yeah, you know, I, I did fear that, you know, we, we were going to let the game slip away, especially when, when Smart put it into overtime. But after after this, the first overtime going into the second, I, I thought we were going to we were gonna to take it home. You know, you, you certainly don't feel it in the moment, because in the moment, you'd rather just close it out in regulation and mm-hmm. win and not deal with the drama, but I think, especially in the NBA, a lot of these kinds of games, if you're able to respond and show that toughness, it's actually a greater good. Like, yeah. it helps you more down the road to kind of face this adversity and overcome it. So, even though I'm sure you didn't enjoy it in the moment, looking back at it now, especially as this season goes on, I think being able to respond and win a game like that and show that mental toughness... Yeah is really important long-term for the growth of a team. Very important. And it's a chemistry builder. And Tom Thibodeau said on on the telecast last night, this early, two games in, he said, this team is playing for each other. You even saw Tibbs, you know, when the Magic game started, he's smiling on the bench. I said, who is this guy? This is is a completely different Tom Thibodeau. He's enjoying coaching this team. The chemistry in this locker room, they're united, even with the new pieces. And they're they're playing hard for each other, man. But yeah, you're right. You know, that Boston game was a good uh, battle test early early in the season and again we got a tough tough uh week of games we got uh philly coming in tuesday and then go to uh play chicago on thursday so uh it was good to get off to a potential 3-0 start you know we got the magic coming in on on sunday and and we'll see what happens on uh tuesday and thursday two big games one thing 
one thing that unites us and unites all of us, many Knicks fans and the few of us Nets fans that exist, <laughs> is the fact that we really enjoyed watching Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis almost have a fistfight during Oof. the Lakers game last night. <laughs> Oof, talk about crumbling under pressure two games in. The Lakers are faltering. Listen, I, I never liked the, the, the Westbrook trade, and they're clearly under pressure right now to win games. The Suns came into, into their building and embarrassed them. And so, you know, wasn't a good look to see that, you know, to see those guys going at it on the bench like that. But on the flip side, as a Knicks fan, it feels good to see us operating under a sense of normalcy. Brooklyn is stressed. Philadelphia is stressed. The Lakers are stressed. You got, you know, the Suns getting ready to, uh, you know, be on the fire with the whole Robert Sarver rumors and, and that bombshell report that's getting ready to drop. The Knicks are under competent management. We're building something and you can't blame James Dolan. Well, <laughs> a sign of the times. Hold on one second. Let me just let me just push back on something. <laughs> the, the Kyrie Irving situation sucks. That would be the yeah. best way I would define it. The whole thing, not even getting into the issues of vaccinations or laws. It the yeah. situation stinks. I think the Nets handled it as best as they could yeah. because it no longer is an issue. Like even as a fan, I don't even think about them. Like I'm just under the the belief that this is our basketball team. We've yeah. got two superstars. This is our core around them. And great if Kyrie Irving comes back and gets vaccinated. That'd be fantastic. So I think the Nets have kind of eliminated the drama by sending him away. If he was playing in road games, as much as at a time I, I wanted that to happen, mm -hmm. I was like, ah, oh, whatever, let him play the road games. It's actually turned out to be something that's eliminated the drama, while in Philadelphia the drama's there every yeah. freaking day. Yeah, and did you see in Philadelphia they, they finally built the wall, but now in Mexico they built it in Philly. They, they built the wall to keep the fans away from Ben Simmons as a security measure. You can't make it up. But but you're right. You know what? As a as an outside looking in from from a neutral fan perspective, I thought from Joe Side or Sean Marks to Steve Nash, they handled uh, you know they they handled the Kyrie situation perfectly. Ripped the bandaid off and just got right to it. And look, they said, look, we're going to put the team over you. Once you decide to, you know, act one way or the other, then you're welcome to come back. But I thought they handled it well. And, uh, you know, for the sake of going through an 82-game battle, they, they got to go with the guys that are all on board. And if you're not in, then, you know, you're going to have to play it on the sidelines. That's it, man. Well, CP, keep up the good work. Thanks for uh, coming on on this Saturday, and congrats on being 2-0. Evan, thanks again, man. Anytime, anytime you want me to come on and talk Knicks to, to brighten your spirits, I'm always available. Oh, if I, if I could just say one, one more thing, just, just one quick plug. Uh, you know, as you say, you always like watching the postgame shows when we lose, but we also made a fantastic documentary about the rise of Knicks Fan TV and the independent content creators as well. It's called Fantastic Voyage. It was narrated by the great Chuck D of Public Enemy fame, a big, big time supporter of the channel. Uh, so you guys can check it out on the channel. Uh, it's youtube.com slash KnicksFanTV. The documentary is called Fantastic Voyage, and, and it was a great, well-produced, well-produced piece. That's awesome. Good for you, man. You've, you've done so much with this Knicks fan TV. It's had great success, and as someone that's been watching for a while, I'm very proud of you because it's awesome. Like you've, really, you've built something really, really cool. And I advise anyone who's a Knicks fan, even a basketball fan, yeah. uh, after every Knicks game, I've said this on the air before with all due respect to MSG, the postgame show for the New York Knicks, that'd be you guys. Yeah. You guys are the postgame right. show, man. That, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. I, and I appreciate all the support. Want to shout out my guy Big Zoo once again. He came through to the uh, to our pregame show. Our, our pregame we did a live remote for Mustang Harry's before the show. Big Zoo came and supported. So uh, yeah, shout out to the fan as well. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Have a good one. All right, you too, man. Thanks. All right, CP the franchise.